0: Who who has ever enjoyed a boring, a good old boring church? Just go there, have to be there on time. Everyone sits. No one. I've heard stories of moms taking little needles with, so that if kids move too much or fiddle around too much, then like the needle comes out. Hey, sit still. See, everyone's got to be on their place and everyone... The, the religious spirit does it. Yeah. Nee? Church is not supposed to be boring. Who likes who likes it when church is like set out, everything has got a specific time time frame? You've got you've got two minutes for the greeting and then you have to you know, you've got fifteen minutes for, for worship. Nee? Four songs. If the songs are done then, if it If it goes over the 15 minutes like the pastor comes up and say hey there's not <laughs> enough it's time for my word and sixty minutes of preaching and then and then everything is like set out according to who likes church like that that's why churches are running empty because <laughs> we built church into a set of into a frame into and the more I think about this and the more I, I realize there's something that happened when we, when we prayed this morning. That's why I actually wanted to bring the word first. There's something that happened in my heart this morning when we prayed. Um, that just released this into me and I'm so excited. Um, on the other hand, who likes it when you wake up? Or even on a Saturday, you start thinking, oh, I can't wait for church tomorrow because I can't wait what the Lord is going to do. I'm so expectant to see what the Lord is going to do tomorrow. Like when we go to church in the church meeting. Who's ever had that? <laughs> Being excited about going to church. Not because you have to go, or not because, but you, you, there's something in you that's like, I can't wait to go and experience what the Lord wants to do. When, when, when you drive to my home, there's a, there's a house, you might have seen this, was this guy on the big, there's two people standing there fishing, or one guy standing there fishing, and on the wall says, says religion is sitting in church waiting, um, wishing you were fishing. <laughs> and, then, and, and then he says, the other, the, on the other side, he says, and relationship is fishing and knowing that you're with God, or talking yes. to God. So he's only halfway right though. Because what we're supposed to have is to come to a church gathering, not come to church. Remember that we don't go to church. We are church. Go to a church gathering and be expectant. Say, Wow, man, I'm expecting God to do something. I'm expecting Him to move. I'm expecting Him to to stir us up. and, And I can't wait just to see what He's doing. But that's only one half of it. That's only one part of it. There's something else that we need to Grasp. And that is, if we want to see God move, if we want to see Him do things, if we want to experience the glory of the Lord in our gatherings and, and, in, and how He's moving, that is only one way in which He does it. It's through us. We need to realize that, that we are instruments of His glory. And I want to read this scripture. I'm going to... Um, The theme is still, we are church, and the I am statements, I am a living stone. I'm a living stone. Let's read 1 Peter 2, 4 to 5. It says, so as you come to Him, a living stone, Jesus Christ is the main living stone, the cornerstone, rejected by men, but chosen and precious in God's sight. You yourselves, say, hey. As living stones are built up as a spiritual house. But if it's called a living stone and, a, and just a stone stone or a dead stone. There's a difference. In coming to church. There are those who are living stones and then there are those who are, are just clipkopper. <coughs> <laughs> I'm joking. There's no clip-copper here. But if we want to see the church built up, we need to be living stones. We need to be stones that are alive, that, that, that the Lord moves through. And now he says, built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Purpose. Of being living stones. Is to be a people that is separated. A people that are set apart. A people that represent God and not the world. A holy priesthood. People that minister unto God. And through whom God ministers to the world. That's what a priest does. <coughs> Mediators. To offer spiritual sacrifices. That are acceptable to God. Through Jesus Christ. In then later in 1 To be a um, verse nine and ten, he goes on and says, "But you are a chosen race. What's a race? We all know. Come on. What, What what defines a race? It's a it's 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 a group of people or animals or whatever that carry the same DNA, that carry the same markers." whether it be skin color, and that also then includes culture, it includes a way of living, it includes a language, it includes how they speak, it includes... So that sort of puts people into groups. I don't know why, but for some reason when I was driving here this morning, this thing came up in me, and I think I must just say it. I don't know why it it came up in me. But this whole thing about being colorblind... And this thing came up in me and he said, I'm not colorblind. But I love it. I love color. I love the difference. I love the diversity and being like, I love it. And we must start embracing. And the body can only function like that. But we are one new race. We are one new people. And we, we, we then start thinking In a way. How do we think the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ? How do we speak? We speak according to that. How do we live? Be holy for God is holy. So everything about us must start representing him. A a whole new people. A whole new race. So you are a holy nation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people of his own. So that... Purpose, so that you may proclaim the virtues of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You once were not a people, but now you are God's people. You were shown no mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to this world. We are foreigners to this world. We must live like foreigners to this world and not be like this world. There are many scriptures about that. As foreigners and exiles to keep away from the fleshly desires that do battle against the soul and maintain good conduct among non-Christians so that, once again, gaan so that and if we're done, purpose. So that, though they now malign you as wrongdoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God when he appears. Church purpose. And the goal of this message, what I want to try and bring, bring across, is that the church can only be effective. The church is only as effective to the extent to which its members are living stones and not just dead stones. Just filling up space. Just filling seats. And there are many, many, many churches who go through great lengths and do many things, worldly things, to fill their seats. But the seats are full of dead stones. What does that look like? I come here for me. I come to church for what I can get out of it. I come to church because it's a good experience. And I'm glad that, you know, people go to church instead of like (coughs) the bar or something on a Sunday morning. But that's not the purpose. So we want to discover something about church. And the first thing I want to look at, I want to look at the purpose of church for us to grasp this. We need to, you need to see, each one of us need to see that as part of the church, that the church has a purpose, the church has a bigger purpose. I love this thing, South African netball has got this slogan now, the, the women's netball, that says the game is bigger than me. So there are no euros there. No one thinks it revolves around me and, and all that. And we need to start believing and thinking that the church or church is bigger than me. It's bigger than what I have to come and experience. Paul makes it very clear when he talks about the body and about how the church functions. That is, each member comes and does his part, can, brings what he needs to bring so that the body can function. And if one part doesn't function, the whole body is like looking like we did just now. <laughs> Father Abraham. <laughs> ne? No? We don't want to look like that, and we must decide right now what what kind of church do we want to build. here? what kind of church do we want to be? Do, do we want to do, do you expect us, the leadership of the church, to do things so that so that you can so that you can enjoy the event every Sunday? Or every Wednesday, or every whenever we get together, so we go through a lot of trouble to you know, like make it nice. We can, nay, nice. nee? we can. We can have a great band. We can have, you know, video clips and lights and smoke and all that kind of stuff. You can come and say, "Oh, that was awesome! Church was awesome today." Go home, and you think, "Wow, oh, this was great." We can build that kind of church. It will be dead. It will do nothing to you. It will not move you. It will not help you grow in your spiritual life. It will not help you become like Jesus. Or we can work hard to build a church... Where every single one of us receives the knowledge and the revelation that I am a living part of this living organization, this this organic—I love organic churches—where things grow out of the Lord and out of the power of the Holy Spirit, and where things—and that is what we are working towards. So I'm vision casting a bit. Nee? So the purpose of the church. There are three things. There are many others, but three things that I want to highlight today. The first purpose of the church. I'm not going to say first, so this is not even in in order of importance. One of the purposes of church is the edification of the saints. (coughs) Edification of the believers so that they can be strong and go out and represent Jesus and represent the kingdom of God. Let's read uh, Ephesians 4. Verse 11 to 13. See, and he himself gave some. Some out of who? Where did they come from, those that he gave? Out of the church. Within the church. So that means among us sitting here, some of you are these. Now let's listen. He gave some to be apostles, some as prophets. Some as evangelists, some as pastors, some as teachers. Why? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. There is not one of us that should be coming or being involved in church without somewhere in us having the desire and the goal to be equipped so that I can be more effective as a follower of Christ and as a representative of Christ on the outside. That should should be one of the reasons that we come. One of the reasons that we get together. So that we can equip each other. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, that is, to build up the body of Christ. Until we attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. A mature person attaining the measure of Christ's full stature. Wow, man, what a goal. What a purpose. What is this saying to you and me? It tells me that among us, if I look to you right now, before me, I'm seeing teachers, I'm seeing pastors, I'm seeing people with pastoral hearts, I'm seeing people with evangelistic hearts, I'm seeing people with the, the desire and the heart to bring people hope through the Word of God, through prophecy. I'm seeing people who can, can move in healing. I, I'm seeing people who can, who can, however the Lord wants to use you and you know what is stirring inside of you. Why? So that we all can benefit from it. So that we all can move so that the church and the body can grow. That is what is... It's not me and Rainie and and Kevin and our wives and, and things that are supposed to bring all these things and everyone else just comes to... That is not church. Our job, my job, and I believe it with all my heart, Why the Lord sent us here. Ryan gave us the word the other day. He said you must know that the Lord purposed you to be here. The Lord sent you here. And our purpose and our job is not to to fill a place with many people. Our purpose and our job is to do the best we can. And we do everything we can and we will do everything we can. To walk with you and move with you and stir you up. So that you can take your rightful and empowered and equipped place in the body of Christ to move. But who says I can do that? Where will I get the knowledge? And the, Where will I? I can't do that. I've got nothing to give. And say, I don't know. That's the beauty of it. We learn. We learn. We grow together. We learn. We, we, and and Ronnie has this beautiful vision that he shared with me, and we're going to start doing that on in the other side, is we're going to have a separate service on maybe Sunday evenings or in the week where, where we move in these things, where we allow the Holy Spirit to come and stir us up and to train us to bring word and to minister in word of knowledge and to minister and, and the giftings and things. Allow the Holy Spirit to come and stir us up. But then we mustn't have like a Sunday morning service where everything is like, like this and then Sunday evenings it's like this. It must all become one and the same. But the Lord is creating for us the opportunity to have a training ground. But each one of us must decide. Are you going to be a living stone or are you going to be a dead stone? No? One Corinthians fourteen twelve says, In the same it is the same with you, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit. Who's eager for manifestations of the Spirit? Yes. Who wants who wants the Holy Spirit? Oh my goodness, it's like and my of wait, wherever I go, I'm asking the Lord, please show me, please show me what like Please show me what you want me to see so that I can partner with you and move with you. Please show me a, if you have a word of encouragement for someone, or if you have, like, you want me to go pray for someone and all that. Just, I want to, there's this thing in me that wants to move in the power of the Spirit. And I believe it's like that with many of you. But now, he once again, he says, Say, if, um, since you are eager for the manifestations of the Spirit, seek to abound. That would whirlwhip. What else would I go? This is, oh Lord, yes, come on. Like we were at a birthday party last week, and he gave word to I think every single person at that party. Just walking around, asking the Holy Spirit, what are you doing? And so he goes to someone, yes, I just believe the Lord is just, just encouraging and just giving. That is so inspiring and so beautiful. Thank you, Rainy. Thank you for your boldness. Yeah. That's Christian life, people. That's not something there, it's not something that only some can do and some like it's not that is Christian lifestyle. Manifesting the power of the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to like start by raising people from the dead. You don't have to start by like walking on water. Just having the inclination, that, oh man, that person, That I've seen iemand and he ray, and they're really looking down. Just going to them and say, hey man, can I, can I meet you outside by your car? I just want to pray for you. Or if you don't feel safe by my car, or whatever, or outside in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to pray for you. I just want to give you a word of encouragement. I just, I just feel like the Lord is saying that yes, I, I'm, I'm really what I want to move in is like, is word of knowledge. Like someone comes to you and you, and you say, "Oh man, you've, you've got a daughter at home that's ill. How did you know that?" Yeah, I just feel like the Lord is going to touch her and that she, she's going to be healed. And now, because the Lord has shown you, you know it's going to happen. Because he's not a man that he should lie. How wonderful is that? Who If we, if we, if the church goes outside and manifests Jesus like that, oh, seek to abound, let ur in order to strengthen the church. Only living stones can be an instrument of the Holy Spirit. Deadstones kant. Verskoon my, jammer. Ik denk, ek moet hier streep trek. Dan in vader 1 Corinthians 14, vader in 26 gaan hy aan en sê hy, What should you do then, brothers and sisters? Who liked it? Nee? How does it look to abound? Nee, what should you do then? Dan sê hy, When you come together, says he each one goes and sits on his chair and waits for the sermon to start and at the end, you drink coffee and you go home. Not. Not what it says. See, when you come together, each one has a song, has a lesson, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all these things be done to strengthen or, the, or for the strengthening of the church like like is we come together, we come, we enter it, worship, we lift up the Lord in praise and worship, we start moving in the spirit, and you you have this desire in you to, 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 to give something to be a living stone and not just to sit. And the Lord comes and brings you a revelation through what we're singing or through what you, you come and say, Hey man, I think the Lord is telling me something right now. And you just release it and the church gets edified. Or the Holy Spirit brings you something, just puts someone in your heart, in your heart or your mind and says, I just really want to love that person right now. I just want to please. And you, in the worship, you go there. You put your hand on their, on, on their, on their shoulder. And you say, I just want to encourage you today. The Lord sees you. He knows what you're going through. And just that shoulder, just the hand on the shoulder, releases the love of God. Not each one standing, hey, here is my stool, at mag net here so, The one reason why, we, why I want a bigger venue, This, let me reveal this, is, all the chairs where we're going to be sitting through the word or whatever, if we get there, is going to be at the back. In front, we're going to have space. In our time of worship, ons gaan amal voor wees. No chairs, nothing. Jy gaan nie wees hier nie. You can move freely, you can lie flat on your face, you can dance, you can gooie vlaggies, you can do whatever you want in worship. But the idea is that we are not like this in rows. The idea is that we have the experience of being the body. We can look at each other. We can enjoy each other. We can minister to each other. We can move freely to someone. Put your hand on them. And so we're going to have that. And just so that we don't like, have to stand for an hour and a half, there will be seats where we then go and maybe receive the word or whatever. That is why we are moving to someplace bigger because we want to literally create space for the Lord to work. We want to literally create the... the, the, And if we do that, I believe, if you create space for the Holy Spirit, and we are physically doing it, He will come and He will move. Alright? So for the strengthening of the church, in Corinthians 14, 26, I have a uh, fear, Ephesians four fifteen and 16. But practicing the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Christ who is the head. From Him the whole body grows, fitted and held together through every supporting ligament. What are the supporting ligaments? We are. The growth... They're holding together and everything is by Christ, but it is through us. It's His idea, it's His life, it's, it's His glory, but it's through us. My daughter it ni Bluetooth of Wi-Fi. So a message cannot be translated from my head to my toes to wiggle or to move. If it does not go through my whole body to reach there. And if something happens and the, the the communication stops between my knee and my feet you know about that with your grandson? Then there's trouble. No communication. So if the Lord wants to encourage somebody in church or help them grow or give a word of knowledge and whatever yes he can reveal it to that person himself but for his glory for the growth of the whole church he chooses the members and say now you move and you go give that message and you tell and if I'm too afraid the communication stops and my toes never get the message to move. And then wherever I go, back my twin. It's hurtful. It's 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 to the detriment of my toes if somewhere in between something does decide not to pass on the message. Fastanila. How important it is for the body to move. How important it is for us to be living stones. The second thing, second purpose of living stones and of the body and, and, and is is then first it's equipping so it's the body so the body can be strengthened, it's the body can be equipped. But then it can't stop there. Nee? I made a joke was I was only even doubting. Simpson is gister, gister hier by ons, en help om hier goed op te sit, en hy sit die speaker op, maar hy het nou nog nie mooi geleer, hy doen het self so awkward, en hy sikkel, sikkel mykie, ek sê vir hom nie man, let a almond show you out die door, en ek tel die ding op, want ek het nou al baie gedoen, so ek weet precies, hoe die om die balansering te doen, en ek sit die ding op, en, en goed as, en ek sê vir hom, what's the use in having all those muscles, if you don't know how to use them? Nice, l- lekker fris, sterk maniekie. But what's the use in equipping the saints if it's not for the advancement of the kingdom of God? We can't just be a a, a lacquer bodybuilder church and look at me and all we do is look in the mirror. Feel good. We have to go out and advance the kingdom of God. See, here's the thing. If Christ is the head and we are the body and we are expecting God to let the kingdom come. Now, Jesus taught us to pray. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Christ is seated and we are seated with him because we are his body in heavenly places. But He is operating from heaven. But his body is on earth. So the body's job is to continue the advancement of the kingdom that he started. Now, how do, what did he do when he walked on earth? Wow. No, but that's not our job. That's, like, that's, that's, that's the job of God and Jesus. We are not, we're not God. We're only human. We had a, a bit of this on Friday night. Jesus walked on water, as someone said, but he was like he was God. Peter walked on water because Jesus told him to. Because he was obedient to the word of the Lord. Come. What will happen to us if we start being obedient to the word of the Lord? Go. He will do the things that he has done and more. The scripture is not on there. I'm just going to read it. John 14, uh, 8-14. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be content. We've spoken about this before. Jesus replied, Have I been with you for so long and you have not known me, Philip? The person who has seen me has seen the Father. Purpose. Church's purpose. The problem is that if the world looks at church in these days... They do not see the Father. Close the door. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father residing in me, performs his miraculous deeds. Ek het nou net gesê, want ek het achtergekom, wat begin raak, because I'm not qualified, I, know, I don't know how to do this, and all that, if Jesus Himself said, it's the Father doing these things, I don't need to know anything. In fact, it's better if I don't know anything. It's better if I don't rely on experiences, and on knowledge, and what I've learned, and all that kind of things. All He really needs, is for someone to be able, and willing to, like, There's the the chicken line that says, I can't, I don't know how to. To cross that chicken line. Say, Father, I'm here. I'm willing. And then he says, Go to that person. Okay, what do you want me to tell him? No, just go. No, but first tell me what. No, no, just go. Say, Okay, Father, I'll go. As you put your hand on him, if you start praying for him, whatever, the revelation comes or the word of knowledge comes or whatever. See, He first wants us to move in obedience. Then He will reveal the rest. (coughs) Super exciting, man. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father residing in me performs His miraculous deeds. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not believe me, believe because of the miraculous deeds themselves. I tell you the solemn truth, say Jesus but I'm making a statement that you must make your own and carry it in your heart. I'm telling you the truth. Take this and bank on it. The person who believes in me will perform the miraculous deeds that I am doing. And I will perform greater and will perform greater deeds than these because I am going to the Father. And then later in, in, in John 16 say it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I do not go away you will not receive the Holy Spirit. And I next said another thing if I go away I will ask the Father and he will send you his Spirit. Né? Nee? And then later net voor hy opgaan letterlik sy laaste woorde sê hy vir hulle Um, So when they had gathered together, Acts 1, 6 to 8. So when they had gathered together, they began to ask him, Lord, is this the time when you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? In other words, Jesus has been preaching the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. He's been going on. He's been healing people, raising them from the dead, doing miraculous signs. In other words, destroying the works of the enemy, destroying the works of Satan. The kingdom of God is here. And they say, Is this now, will, will you now become the king and go and take your throne? And say, He told them, You are not permitted to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by His own authority, but, so that's how we restoring the kingdom, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the furthest parts of the earth. (coughs) How do you become a living stone and not a dead stone? You receive the Holy Spirit. He is the only one that animates And drives us and moves us to do the things that God wants to do. You cannot do it out of your flesh. You cannot do it out of knowledge. You cannot learn it from somewhere. There was one bloke in Acts who wanted to buy it. And he got in lots of trouble for it. Can't buy it. Holy Spirit, would you come please? Would you fill every heart in this place? If you have the desire. The Bible says that the apostles were continually filled with the Spirit. So it's not just a once-off thing. Holy Spirit, would you come please? Would you come on us and in us and release your life so that we can be living stones? Would you release your power so that we can be your living church in this world? Be your witness. Do what you have started to do and let your kingdom come through us. We ask this, Holy Spirit, by your grace and your mercy. Your goodness, on account of the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Jesus commissioned his disciples. He did it twice. First, he sent out only twelve. Then he sent out seventy-two. And these were was his commission to them, and that's our, his commission to us. I believe this with all my heart. If you're a believer, this is your commission. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. What is kingdom? The rule of God. The rule of God is here. You have come under the rule of God. What happens under the rule of God? Everything under the rule of God comes in alignment with His word, in alignment with His truth, in, in alignment so the works of the enemy is destroyed and the works of God is elevated. All right? Then He says, Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse lepers. Cast out demons. Freely you received. Freely give. You have received the Holy Spirit. What does freely give mean? (laughs) Have you ever thought about freely give? Don't Don't expect something back. I'm thinking it It means you have received the power of the Spirit on account of what Christ has done for you, not on account of your works, not on account of what you have done. In other words, you did not deserve it. Now go and give without judging who deserves it and who doesn't. See, we want to judge and we say, oh, you deserve this. You deserve to be healed. You, You deserve... That guy's got liver problems because of all his drinking, so he doesn't deserve to be healed. He brought this on himself. It's not how God works. That guy's without food because he doesn't, he's got a gambling problem, so he doesn't deserve to, to receive a food parcel. No, don't we do that? The Lord says, everything you have is from me by the grace of God, by the grace of Jesus Christ. So now give by the same grace, by the same mercy, by the same love. Freely give. The last purpose that I want to highlight, and then we're going to do some spending time in fellowship and worship. The last purpose for us to be living stones is to be a living bride of Christ. A living bride. Why are we called the bride of Christ? <coughs> because He has called us into intimacy, into oneness. There is never a oneness that is more powerful than the marriage union when a man and a, com- a man and a woman come together, and they are united. That is like, and, and the world is treating this so lightly. When a man and a woman comes together. And they are united into one. It's the picture of Christ and his bride. Supposed to be. It's a picture of unconditional love. It's a picture of union. It's a a picture of becoming like the other. Have you ever met like an opa and an oma who've been like together for, they've been married for like 50, 60, 70 years. They complete each other's sentences. They think the same. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I'll use it. I'll use it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I didn't think of that. See, union, being one with Jesus, being one with God. There is nothing more beautiful. There is nothing more precious. There is nothing more fulfilling. There is nothing more life-giving than our union with Jesus. Being one. That is what he prayed for. Go read John 17. He prays for this. He says, Father, make them one as we are one. Give, us, give them the same union with me and with each other as we are one. 2 Corinthians eleven two, Paul says, For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, because I promised you in marriage to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. We need to protect this union. We need to protect this oneness with Jesus, with all we've got, with purity. Oh, it's so easy for us to... To prostitute ourselves with the world. It's so easy to just like put the foot out there in the water. Not even like we think it's all right if I don't jump in. I just want to feel what it feels like. Flirting with the world. Go read the prophets and you'll see that this is God's case with Israel the whole time. And he literally calls them prostitutes and you've prostituted yourself by taking on bowl worship and by by idolizing the things of this world and by idolizing the powers of this world. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her to sanctify her by cleansing her with the washing of the water by the word so that he may present the church to himself. Present the church to himself as glorious. Not having a stain or wrinkle or any such blemish. But holy and blameless. I want us to see this picture of the bride. I want us to see this picture of the church. And hopefully get something in our hearts. Why? We, we discussed, actually Kevin did, I was just there, I just... In a few cents. But Kevin discussed with the teenagers on, on, on Friday night. Say, why should we be holy? Why is it necessary for the church to be holy and not like the world? Because we want to be a pure bride for our, for our Christ. We want to be a pure bride for our bridegroom. Do we love Jesus enough to say no to the things of this world? Do we, do we love Jesus enough to say no to getting involved in vulgar discussions and in, in all that kind of stuff? See, religion says that you've got to keep away from these things because you'll lose your place in hell. Because you're not going to make the cut, you're not going to get the ticket to enter. Brideship and unity with Christ says, I want to keep myself pure. I want to move as a pure bride. I want to be holy and blameless. Because first of all, he made me like that. He gave his life so I can be like that. He literally poured his blood out so that I can be cleaned. I can be made holy. And now I want to be like that. I want to be that, be that for, my, for my bridegroom. 1 Corinthians 6. Fifteen and seventeen says, "Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ?" He said, "Thing. Do you not know that your bodies are, are His body?" Yes. we still is done? Do you not know that you are? Part of his body. I do not decide for myself. Would he do this? Would he do this to his body? Should I take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that anyone who is united with a prostitute is one body with her? For it is said two, uh, two will become one flesh. But the one united with the Lord is one spirit with him. Oh, here is a deep, deep, deep waarheid. The one united with the Lord is one spirit with him. Just I voel ek het julle verloor. is jammer. Just stay with me for this one second. You are one spirit with Christ. There's no beginning and no end. Daar's nie 'n there's no there's no distinction between your spirit and his spirit this incomprehensible one spirit with christ and if we are one spirit with christ then whatever we do however we move We are Him. (laughs) That's why Paul could say, "It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me." So, as the body, as we move together, as we as we grow, church together. If you still think that you have nothing to offer, you have Christ to offer. Silver and gold, I don't have to give to you. But what I give, what I have, I'll give you. I've got Christ. I've got Jesus. I've got His love. I've got His wisdom. I've got the mind of Christ. I've got His knowledge because the spirit of knowledge is within me. I've got His power to heal and to bring word of knowledge and to bring everything Because He is living in me. He is my life. I'm a living stone because the living stone has made me like Him. The same living stone. And all I have to do is be a representative of this living stone. To come and be literally Jesus to each other for the edification of the church. And to the world for the expansion of the kingdom. And this grows in intimacy. This grows in love. This grows in our relationship with God. So I want us to now, Kevin, you can come. To enter a time of worship. is If you feel that you want to go and use communion to also fasten this, please go and do it. As says, dan gooi ons net nog. I want us to move and to in our union with God and in our union with each other. I want us to also seek how can we uplift and how can we manifest and build the body in these times. I want us to to be sensitive and eager. To allow the Holy Spirit to use you to bring a word of encouragement or to pray for someone for healing or to do whatever the Holy Spirit Brings in you, If you make a mistake, that's fine. We are we're one body. We're family. We're.